Psalms chapter 40, verses 1, 2, and 3. The book of Psalms chapter 40, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hallelujah. Just going to. I waited patiently. In parentheses on the side of that, I've put expectantly relying completely for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit. out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock, steadying my footsteps, I added, or establishing my steps, or firming up my steps. He put a new song in my mouth, I give praise to you, our God. Many will see it and fear or reverence and will trust in the Lord. I want us just spend a, just a few minutes because I still want us to partake in the sacraments on the explosive power of worship the explosive power of worship. Uh, Brother Grant and Deacon Jason and the Steph up there, thank you for your hard work. Uh, Scott is, hasn't been here. Uh, I think he's uh, in the process of helping to open two new stores as a manager, and so we miss him. But you all have done a great work. Uh, did we have the, were you able to get the seven points? up. Beautiful. There's seven profound blessings of waiting in worship that I want us to go through. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to give them to you as quickly as I can. You know, David wrote, he, he put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see in fear or reverence and put their trust in the Lord. I don't have the time to give you the normal expounding on where David was and how he came to, to be telling us this. I just want us to take at face value that if you and I will be successful in this Christian life that we are asked to run or walk or race, this race that is essential to our fate. Your worship, my worship, has to be a worship that, that ties itself very closely to the kind of waiting that God smiles at. Let's do just a quick exegetical breakdown of the, these three verses. Waiting in worship. Blessings of waiting in worship. 
The first verse says, he turned towards me. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. He turned to me. You may not feel it. You may not see it. You may have no physical inclination that God has turned to you. But I want you to know that every single time we are in a place of toughness, a place of pressure, a place of crushing, and we incline and we, we, we go before God in waiting and we submit to God and we say, Lord, where are you? There is never a time that he does not turn, that he does not pay attention. Remember when uh, Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of Baal? We don't include the 400 prophets of Asherah, who was supposed to be the queen of Baal. And he said to them, go make your, your sacrifice, build the altar, and put all the stuff on there, and you, you call on your God. See if he'll come down and burn up this stuff right here. Because his bastion of Stewardship at the time was the proof to them that his God does not sleep. That the God he served never didn't hear. And it was essential in that moment to make a distinction that cost them all their lives. They had challenged Israel through Jezebel and Ahab, and that's a different story, because there are specific spirits that are still functioning in many churches that you can identify. One is the spirit of Ahab, the other is the spirit of Jezebel. The only thing I'm going to tell you about that right now and if you can tell me later if you want us to go into that, because there's stuff there that will blow your mind. That the spirit of Jezebel can function in a man or a woman in church. Second, the spirit of Jezebel cannot function without an Ahab. That Ahab is the guy who has got a master's, a PhD in manipulation. And when Jezebel's spirit gets connected to Ahab, you get, stuff get tore up. But we're not talking about that today. Ah, Lord Jesus. But anyway, the prophet said, I'm going to prove to you all I know that be God, because God then had been, had been giving you a, a, a rope to hang yourself. You have been entertaining this demon, Baal, 
And these demons associated with Astaroth, sensual perversion. And you think that your God, your demon, your spirit that you're serving really has a mouth of its own. But it doesn't. It can't talk or act or do anything unless my God allows it. And we're going to prove that today. So he calls them out, and he lets them build their altar. He lets them chant and sing and cut themselves and call. But God put the lock on Baal. Then he said, I want you to look at my altar, build it, put it up nice, put meat on it. And I want you to put a, a trench around it. And I want you to fill it. Put buckets of water on the altar, on the, on the sacrifice. And I want the water to go through the wood, and I want it to fill up the trench around. And then he calls on his God. The God who he knew is guaranteed to do something. When you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't see him, he's working. We sang it today. Of course, his God performed miraculously, marvelously. First time in history we can observe a story that is truthful, that, that broke the laws of physics. We normally pour water on fire to put it out. This was the first instance ever where fire came down from heaven and put out the water. Why? Because God, Jehovah Shalom, is God. He's almighty. And he's for you and me. He turned towards me. He inclined his ear. God never doesn't hear or just sleeps. That's the other stuff, the other spirits over there. Your God always hears. He listens and hears. It says, he inclines, he turns to me, and he heard my cry in the same verse. He doesn't just turn and notice the fact that you are bowed before him, bringing something to him. He literally hears you. There's not a time when we cry out to God that he doesn't just only turn towards us. He doesn't just set himself in position to face us. He hears you. He, he listens and hears that that that. When the, when the angels around observe him, they see him fully invested in your situation. Remember as a parent how your child would be irritated if you're washing the dishes and they come and they start tapping your leg and asking for a fruit or something? The minute they start tapping your leg, you hear them. You hear them crying out, I want my cereal, I want my, my. but you're doing something else. When you are dealing with God, Jehovah, 
You don't have to worry about him hearing you. You know that he hears you, he looks your way, and he focuses on you. Let me say that again. When you cry out in your issue, he turns towards you, then he focuses on you, then he listens and hears you. He is completely enveloped in your situation and involved. We got to know that. By faith, you got to know that whatever is coming down the pike, you have got to stand on it. I've got to stand on the fact that God is fully involved in my situation. He brought me up from the pit. Do you see that? He also brought me out of the pit or out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay. Both of those little sentences there, half sentences, come uh, from an Arab translation that literally means he brought me out of a pit of eternal damnation. That before him, our soul had already been designated to damnation that you're going to spend time in hell for eternity. But when he got on the scene and you accepted him as Savior and Lord, your position changed and you moved from the pit of eternal damnation, hallelujah, into the glory of his resurrection. You and I have a stamp, a seal that says, if you abide in me and my word continues to abide in you, you are not going to be lost in your situation. I got your back. It may not look like I'm looking. It may not feel like I'm atten paying attention. It may, it may literally, you literally may not have any clue that I'm standing with you. But the fact is, when you least think I'm with you, it's when I'm with you the most. Because most of the time, when I'm not, when you're not feeling, not seeing, not experiencing me in a literal way, it's normally when I'm not just holding your hand, I have actually been carrying you. And it feels like there is nothing. I'm in thin air. I'm floating around. Yep, he's been carrying you. He's been carrying you. He's been carrying you. He said he brought me up from a pit, that pit of eternal damnation, and then he brought me out of a miry clay. The Arabic translation to that is, is he brought me out of a, the mud of corruption. So he's not, first he's talking about your spiritual soul. That when he came into your life, he moved you from death to life. But, but even beyond that, while you are still living, he will not allow you to continue walking around with lead on your feet. Have you walked through anything like that where you just feel like there's some hole in your back? You can't get your step right. The mud is what it is. 
And God says, when you think you're going through mud, I'm there. The adversary would like to keep you in one place and even pull you back. The fact that you are going forward, even when it feels like you are going through mud and miry clay, means that you are being victorious. And you have to know that. I have to know that. It's one of the, some of the blessings of just coming before God and patiently waiting. Can I tell you, it's been hard patiently waiting many times in my life. Patiently waiting is not something that you, that you, you, you want to stand in front of the church and just, and just with a big smile on your face say, God, I'm patiently waiting. I am patiently waiting. When you and I are in the, 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 the stretch, the rigors, the fight, the pull of patiently waiting, you don't want to talk to nobody. And that's fine, because all God wants you to do is worship him. Is worship him. You don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> you say the least that you can and continue to worship him. He not only brings you out of a miry clay, verse 2 says he sets your foot on a rock. Sets your foot on a rock. Sets your foot on a rock. He establishes your way. Verse 2 said, he, he also brought me out of a terrible pit, out of a miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my step or steps. God doesn't just want to give you a place to land, a sturdy place to land. He wants to give you a path to walk on. I I'm saying these things because quite often, under the pressure of life and the situation and issues, we tend to forget that your God is not just leaving you alone to wander and make your own way. He just can't do that. He loves us too much. He had the opportunity to, to just wipe creation off of the board and start again. And instead of doing that, he sends his most prized possession, his son, down to reclaim humanity for himself. You think after doing all of that, he's not going to go all the way? and give you the path to walk on, and give you the presence to feel, and give you the support that you and I need to make it, you and I can make it. Doesn't feel like, but we can, and we will. Why? Because our Father can be trusted. He can be trusted. Can be trusted. Verse 3 said, he put a song in my mouth. We're ending there. Set my feet on a rock. Gives me a path to walk on. And then he puts a song in my heart. This morning, we have not been going into deep theology. 
This is to get every believer here into the, the spiritual path of complete faith in God. If you have been questioning today whether God is for you, is he really working in your situation? You don't see any physical proof that he is. I am telling you he is. I'm telling myself he is because he is God. He is God. He can't fail. He can't fail. He won't fail. I love it. I forgot the verse. It says, because he couldn't swear by, his, by anybody else's name, he swore by his own name to Abraham. He said, I'm going to bless you. I, I, listen, I can't find nobody else that I could swear to that's equal to me. So what I'm going to do is swear on my own name that if you stick with me, I'm going to take care of you. I'm telling you this morning as a man of God that I believe I am, that if your God, your God is saying to you, if you let me, if you, if you just, if you just, Trust fall on me. My sons used to love to do that as they were growing up. Dad, do the trust fall thing. Davian, he was king for that. He's the lighter side of mine. You know, my other son is now, what, 6'3, 260. But Dave has always been nice and slim. And I would always, go ahead, Dave. Do the trust fall. Okay, Daddy. Stand there, he said, before I even come to three, he just throws himself back. We go to the pool, he didn't know how to swim. I said, you ready, son? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm ready, dad. Jumps in at the deep end. Why? Because his dad is in the pool. He hadn't figured out that it will take some time for me to swim from here to over there. Just the fact that his dad is in the pool means that he don't need to know how to swim. That he could jump in two miles away. And dad is going to work it out. It is exactly what God is saying to us today. That you could jump in the deep end of the pool, don't feel anything, don't see anything, but you know that you know that you know that you know as you wait in worship that God is going to come through for you. May I lead us in a prayer this morning? Twelve ten. You put a song on, worship song. I'm going to pray and also ask God to bless our emblems because I believe we still need to do this. Father, these are your people. I'm your child. We, we, we have cut the ties, Papa. We have cut the strings with the outside world, the, the, that, that part of us that, that wants us to sin, that is pulling us to iniquity. We are cutting those strings this morning. 
Oh God, we are trusting you. We are declaring today again that you are our only hope. Would you, would you tell God that this morning? You are my only hope. 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 I want the devil to hear. I, I, you are my only hope. You are my only hope. All of this is to get you to the place I said where Daniel ended up, where the three Hebrew boys ended up, where Job ended up. It was the place where the adversary turns around and finds some other person. And that place is you get to a place in worship where you say, I am trusting God, and even if he doesn't come through, even if he doesn't deliver me, even if I don't come out on the other side and make it according to my own wishes, I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm not slacking off. Because you, oh God, you, oh God, you, oh God, you, oh God, are my only hiding place. If you don't shelter me, the storm will take me away. If you don't watch over me, the thief will take me out. If you don't protect me, the lion, or the pretend lion that he is, will try to steal my joy and peace and bite on me. But through you, I am more than a conqueror. We thank you this morning, oh God. Father, we're preparing our hearts to celebrate what we call communion, the sacraments. Father, this bread and wine that represents your, your body and blood, your body that was given for us, was speared in the side, was, was treated harshly with a crung of thorns on your head, and the blood that ran out for our sin. Today we sanctify ourselves. Today we sanctify ourselves. Today we sanctify ourselves. We sanctify ourselves in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Would you stand with me and